I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, we are digging into the interview process. Uh, Here with me is talent relations lead, Steve Gunther. Um, Steve, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself without boring everyone? Sure, Jim. Not that you would. No. <laughs> tell us about yourself and what you know what you do at Lutz and yeah. anything else you have to share. Great. Well, I've been at Lutz for about a year and a half now. Joined the talent team in October of 2018. Um, came over from another firm here in town where I spent about three and a half years there um, doing similar work. So what I do for our team here is um, more on the client side where I'm going out meeting with clients understanding what their hiring need looks like, and then um, really collaborating with our entire talent team to kind of match up candidates to what the client is looking for. So I uh, spend, spend quite a bit of time both with clients and candidates preparing them to, to meet each other. Sure. So you'd say you probably have a pretty good perspective on what people are looking for as far as employers go. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. You know, spend time building those relationships and I'm sure they're quite honest with you too. Yes. Yes. Cool. Well, let's just start off, you know, and what, you know, what's a typical interview process look like? Let's say you just got out of college, you have applied at multiple different jobs, so we've already got that covered. So we'll assume resumes taking care of all of that leading up to it. Um, You get called for an interview. How does that process start typically, I guess, from the employer perspective and, and what's the rest of it look like? Yeah, so we spend a great deal of time with our candidates really helping them prepare for the interview. And I would say, um, in my opinion, the more prepared you are, the less nervous you're going to be. Um, I think if, if you don't do your homework, you're going to walk into that interview initially just really with some apprehensiveness, sure. um, so to speak. So um, we really encourage our candidates to jump on the website and learn as much as they can about that company. That way, if that question comes up during the interview, you can reference that you notice that on the website and it really shows the hiring manager that you've done your homework. Um, You want to make sure that you get as much detail about the individual role that you're playing for as possible. And um, I always really coach my candidates to really look at their work experience and education and connect the dot with how it applies to that particular role. Because what interviewers want to hear is, they don't want to hear fluff. They want to hear some, you know, detail regarding answering their questions. So you really want to kind of understand that. And last but not least, I I really encourage the candidates to, um, I, I tell them to be confident when they go in there and be themselves. Um, if they try to be somebody they're not in an interview setting, it's probably gonna come off as not genuine. And really, it, it, it doesn't help down the road when, when you show up for work, if you get hired, now you're somebody that you really weren't during the interview to some right. degree, so. Right. And then, yeah, I feel like it's typically pretty obvious when someone's trying to answer or behave how they think you want them to answer or behave as opposed to just Responding exactly how they feel. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned doing your homework, and, and and then you mentioned you know researching the company and the role and, and those those ideas. What exactly should someone do to prepare for the interview in regards to homework? And 
researching the company. Why is that important you know, in your mind? Yeah, I think it just shows the person that's interviewing you that you prepared for the interview. You're, you're not in there just to kind of wing it. <clears throat> we encourage candidates to bring along like a pad folio um, and actually have some prepared questions written down. Really that interview, too many candidates look at the interview as it's going to be driven by the person asking the questions, and it will. But you should also take the opportunity yourself at the end of the interview. Typically, most hiring managers will ask you, what questions do you have for me? And and what you don't want to do is say, well, I, I really don't have any. You answered them all. You know, and those questions can be about the specifics of the job. It can be about the company itself. It can be about what their culture is like, um, what that hiring manager's leadership style is like. You know, it can go on and on, but it really shows that you're prepared. And um, the candidate needs to be as vested in that interview as the person that's doing the interviewing because they don't want to walk away from that interviewing, really not knowing as much about that job and that company as they can because that will help them make a decision down the road, especially if they only get one interview. Right. Yeah, it sounds, it kind of sounds like dating. Yeah, it is. Think about you could it, call it matchmaking. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you've got to be interested and you've got to be interesting. Yes. You know what I mean? And so if you, if you let the employer know that, you know, you, if it feels like they were the seventh interview you've had that week right. and they got the same answer that, that you gave to seven other people, you've got to make it feel like it's a unique situation to, to, to them. And one thing that I, or perspective that I kind of took, at least when I was going through interview process after college, was I looked at a couple of things that were really important to me, right? So um, community involvement. So I would ask, you know, the company, you know, what do you guys do for community involvement? And then based on that answer, since that's pretty important to me, if it seems like, well, gosh, I don't even really know what we do as far as community involvement goes. Sure. Okay, so it's not a priority for you. Right. You know, and then you can kind of get a feel for the character of the company because, you know, the, of course you're going to talk about benefits. We're all here to get paid. But sure. How do they look at some of those, you know, other other side things, I guess? And it's interesting, Jackie, bring that up. Um, I've had, you know, hiring managers, when I go out meet with them and I ask them to describe their culture, in some cases they kind of hesitate um, with the answer and, and they don't really know how to describe it. And, you know, if I were the candidate interviewing, that might be a red flag that, sure. wow, that should kind of just roll off the tongue, so to speak, you know, when you ask sure. somebody about the culture of their company, them being able to ask it. And then another thing, and it comes with confidence, but, you know, when you ask the question that you want to ask and they give the answer, if there's a follow-up question to their answer pertaining to that question, go ahead and ask it. I think mm -hmm. sometimes candidates are worried that, am I taking too much time? Um, you know, if you, if you have that follow-up question where you dig a little bit deeper, it's probably going to send the message to that hiring manager that you're really listening and Actually this is curious. important. Yeah. yeah, it's not just a question. Not like that, in your head, oh, I checked <clears throat> off my question box. Yes, exactly. It's like, I actually want to know what your answer is. Absolutely. How are you guys involved yeah. in the community? Yeah, you know, yeah. And they should be questions that are genuine that right. these candidates really do want the answer to, not just a, a fluff question to make sure. it look like they had some questions that they were prepared to answer. So, right. Yeah. Uh, I guess another topic related to preparation, how do you suggest going about attire? I mean, I know that's one that's talked about all the time, but 
you know, what, how do you suggest going about that if you're not sure? Yeah. You know, if you're not sure, we always say to overdress, it's better to overdress than underdress. And, you know, I think it's important to know your client. And, and I'll give you an example. We here at Let's Talent work with all sorts of businesses out there. And so if you're, you know, if you're going in to interview for a, an accounts payable job at a construction company, um, we advise our candidates that you don't need to suit up. But at the same time, even though they probably wear jeans day in and day out, you don't want to show up in jeans either. You want to kind of take the middle road and do business casual, where if it's a more professional organization, you're gonna, you're probably going to suit up for it. Um, so it's okay to overdress, but not to the extreme, depending on what that particular company does, or it may come off as that you, you know, you're just yeah. not going to be a fit from the get-go. Well, so. it reminds me of that uh, Step Brothers scene where they're dressed in tuxedos yes. at, I believe, a uh, janitorial position in a school. Right, <laughs> right, right. yeah, like, yeah. At first I thought it was funny, but now it's just kind of weird. Right, you know? yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, personally, I, I think dress comfortably, you know right. what I mean? And if you're comfortable in a suit and tie... Wear a suit and tie. I mean, at, sure. you know, at the end of the day, like you said, if you overdress, it's better than underdressing. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And it's becoming more challenging in this day and age because so many companies are relaxing their dress code. Right. And so it is a pretty common question we get from candidates of, you know, do I suit up for the interview or, or do I do more business casual? Mm-hmm. So um, if you're not sure, overdress right. is what I'd tell you. And yeah. I think it's easier to explain your thought process behind being overdressed to an interviewer than right. explaining why you're underdressed, right? Exactly. If, if this dress for your day concept is, is a popular one in, in the workforce right now, then, you know, if you did have that job at that company and you were going out to meet a prospect or a client or something, you would be dressing for your day. You'd probably be dressing a little bit nicer. Sure. Right? So, you know, if you go into the interview and they say, you didn't need to dress with a suit, it's like, well, mm-hmm. should I get this role? That's how I would dress if I wanted to represent you guys. Absolutely. To the, you know, yeah. so, I mean, yeah. like you said, overdressed is better than underdressed as long as you can hopefully speak to it, explain why you thought that other than, well, I thought you'd like it. Right. And, you know, Jack, you mentioned something that makes me think, um, especially if, let's say you're a recent college grad and you may not really know how to dress for this interview. And before you go out and buy a suit, female or male, you know, do your research, you know, jump online, you know, Google what what a a good suit looks like, because it may sound silly, but some people don't know, you know what I mean? And so you don't want to, you don't want to wear a suit just to wear a suit. And it's, not appropriate, sure. you know what I mean, where maybe the tie's not tied up tight or whatever the case right. may be. So Yeah, yeah to, to that point then, I guess, and not to put you on the spot if you, haven't, <clears throat> if you don't have any examples or any places, um, but, you know, what if you can't afford a suit? You're talking with all kinds of people all the time, and right. not everyone can afford a $400 sure. suit, you sure. know? I mean, are there, there better options out there for people, or do you think just dress as nice as you can? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. I mean... They could throw on, if it's a guy, throw on dress slacks and nice dress shoes, button-down shirt, tie, and and maybe just buy a sport coat instead of a full-blown suit if they absolutely can't afford it. And and same with the ladies, you know. um, You can still look pretty nice without having the full-blown suit on. Sure. But if you're targeting jobs that are really more from a professional dress code, you probably just need to invest in, Mm -hmm. in buying a suit. It doesn't have to be 
you know, like you said, a right. $400 suit, but something that's going to that's gonna look nice and present well in that interview setting. I'm still rocking the, you know, $600 three suit or two suit special from Men's Absolutely. Warehouse. And there's nothing wrong with Heck that. Heck no. You know? it, well, and the thing is, too, if you don't have a suit but you have a dress shirt, make sure it's ironed. Yes. You know, I mean, a well-ironed outfit's a lot better than a wrinkly suit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what I was kind of referring to earlier. Right. Make sure you just don't throw something on and, and you, you you just don't look good because right. you haven't taken the time to prepare for it. So, Still along the lines of preparation, um, is it smart to practice the interview with someone? You know, like do a mock interview, that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's a good idea, especially if you can get someone, um, maybe someone in your family or your network that does a lot of interviews where they can really kind of prepare you and uh, get you ready for it. You know, you're never going to be 100% ready because you just don't know what that that person that's interviewing you is going to ask. And it's okay if you don't know the answer. Um, I, I think that's another thing I would advise people on if... If they ask you a question and you don't know the answer, tell them. Right. Tell them you're not familiar with that, or <clears throat> you're not, you know, you're not sure how to answer that because you're not familiar with it. Because the last thing you want to do is act like you know the answer. Sure. And they know the answer, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, if you stumble through it, uh, it could make you look worse right. than if you just simply tell them you right. don't know. You know, and 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 they'll respect that. So. Well, and I think that if you are going to do a mock interview. And this is me personally. I I don't think following a script or anything is a good idea. I think if you find someone you trust that, like you said, you know, has experience interviewing people, have them do it twice and have both times be completely different. Because I yep. think it's powerful to show the person asking you the questions that you're thinking about them. Yep. Right? Yep. If I rattle something off and it, you know, I didn't even take a second to think about it, A, I think that seems kind of weird. But B... If someone asks you a question you're not prepared for and you're picturing the script in your head, it'll throw you right off the tracks. Absolutely. You're right. You don't want to come off as rehearsed. Right. Okay. I, I use the word genuine a lot, but you really want to be genuine. You want to be who you are. Um, I like what you said a minute ago, Jack, about, you know, it's okay to pause after they ask right. a question too, because sometimes you want to just, you know, answer that really quickly to make mm -hmm. yourself look good. But, um, you know, if you kind of need to gather your thoughts a little bit and pause for a second before you answer that question, go ahead and do that. It, it's okay, you know, and try to avoid the, the deadly silence for too long, of course, but mm -hmm. it's okay to pause. Yeah, too much silence also just as weird as right. knowing the answer to their question right away. Exactly. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to be weird. Yeah, in your exactly. <laughs> if yeah. you are weird, I'm sorry. You just yeah. can't help it, but you can even maybe joke about it. Right, right. <laughs> You know, along those lines, then, what are some common questions that people ask without, like we said, scripting it, you know, but what are some things that you can prepare for, you think, as far as the interview questions go? I think you need to really understand your resume because in many cases, that's all the hiring manager has in front of them. And so you need to be able to explain your resume. Uh, most hiring <clears throat> managers are going to probably start with learning a little bit about you, but they're really going to dive into your resume. And and they may go back to your college and why you chose the degree you did and what you enjoyed about college. Um, and then, you know, your, your job since that point. And again, 
not only to be able to look at your resume, but be able to tell that hiring manager some details behind the resume. You know, smart hiring manager is going to dig. If you just have fluff on your resume, that might be okay, but they're going to dig into it and, right. and be prepared to be able to give some real life examples. And some people are better at that just off the cuff and others are not. Sure. So if you're one of those that isn't good at that, you know, study your resume and kind of anticipate, hey, if, if this hiring manager is going to ask me about this job, what are some examples I can give him or her about what I did in this role? Right. You know, the classic bullet points on your resume are incredibly, I think, and this could, maybe this is just for me because maybe I, it's because I'm full of it, you know, but um, at the end of the day, I'm not going to lie, a lot of the bullet points on my resume were, like, for instance, fostered a team environment by aiding in the transportation of group members, right? Yeah. And this was for a job that I did concrete. And when I actually was in an interview uh, for my first job right out of college, they were like, hey, can you explain this a little bit further? And I said, you know, I'll be honest with you. What it meant was I picked up a group of individuals and took them to the job site. Yeah. But then went deeper into what that meant for our cohesiveness as a group. And then yeah. it's like, okay, on the resume it was fluff, but I'm still willing to look into that as an actual example and explain to you what I meant by that. Yeah. Because I think that the realistic situational stories that you have even though they might seem trivial, you know, looking at it, reflecting on it, it's pretty powerful still. Absolutely. See, I love what you did there because on the resume, it looked kind of like fluff, right? Right. But it got their attention. Sure. But in reality, you told them exactly what you did and, and you were okay doing it. You weren't right. trying to um, over-exaggerate what <laughs> yeah. that really meant. Right. So, so I love that. It, again, it's about being genuine. Sure. On the flip side of it, then, on the uh, questions, what, what kind of questions should you be prepared to ask? Yeah. So one that I always like to tell the candidates to ask is um, really talk about the culture. And maybe during the interview, you kind of touched on it briefly, but try to think it of, of it as now you're interviewing the person that just interviewed you. So Again, we go back to stepbrothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm but, asking you the questions. <laughs> but open, but open-ended questions, right. okay? So you can say, you know, hey, what's your culture like around here? And then follow that question up, you know, sure. well, do you do community events? Um, do you, do you ever have gene days on Fridays, you know? Um, right. What do you do for fun in the office? You know, just kind of dig into that whole culture piece. You know, we meet candidates every day at Let's Talent that are very, very good at what they do, and they enjoy what they do, but they don't enjoy where they're doing it. And that really speaks to the culture of the company. So right. don't cut learning about the culture short if you, if you need to have some follow-up questions with that person interviewing <laughs> you, definitely do so. When it gets into the job itself, um, another good open-ended question is, hey, what's going to be the most challenging thing that I'll be required to do in this role? And mm -hmm. it gets that interviewer again sort of thinking about, you know, what is the most challenging thing? And again, you can ask some follow-up questions to that. Well, and I think to your point about asking about inquiring about culture, if culture is important to you or whatever aspect is important to you about that company, you know, I think to keep in mind, like you said, is, if in your mind you think you're a quality candidate, that employer is trying to get you as much as you're trying to sell yourself to them. Absolutely. You're trying to figure out if it's a fit. So right. if you take their answers at face value, you're probably going to get what sound like really positive answers. Yes. So if you don't dig into it and say, well, wait a minute, let me understand this. 
you could find yourself eight months from now not enjoying where you're at. Absolutely. And too many times, candidates just are uncomfortable right. going there with those questions. Right. They just feel maybe they're intimidated or um, they just feel like maybe they're taking too much of that person's time or it's not an appropriate time to ask it. Um, and it is. You know, if you're taking too much of the interviewer's time, they're going to tell you, right. you know, but, but unless, you're, um, unless you're just asking questions that don't appear to be genuine, they're going to respect you for asking those questions, definitely. Right. And it's important to know because ultimately, if it turns into a job offer, you want to know as much about that company you're joining in the job as you can. And that's your chance, you know, maybe one of your chances to learn about it. Sure. I, okay, well, what about, you know, the tougher question, salary? Benefits. I mean, the money, the reason that you're really getting that job, how do you typically, you know, advise people to approach that topic? Well, you know, that one can get touchy. And, and one of the things that's um, nice about what we do at Let's Talent, if you're working with us, we already know what the salary range is. So sure. that question doesn't have to be asked. <clears throat> However, if you're out there applying for roles on your own and getting <clears throat> interviews on your own, again, do your research. I mean, there's a lot of different websites you can go to, Glassdoor, LinkedIn, sure. et cetera, and kind of get salary range for the area that you live in. And it's probably okay if you really feel like the interviews went good. Um, it should never be your first question you right. ask when you get the opportunity to ask a question. But maybe towards the end, you simply say, you know, hey, I'm curious, what's the salary range that you're looking for for this position? You know, sure. and um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially if you feel like the interview has flowed well, it's went good, you've gotten some of those other questions out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's okay to ask that question, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the benefits go, it's okay to probably ask in an initial interview, hey, I'm assuming this role comes with a full benefit package, is that correct? And, in many cases, unless that person's really drilled into the benefits, they're not going to know the specific answers of the benefits. Right. So that might be a question that's better for a little bit down the road, maybe in a second interview, or in many cases, that's the kind of detail that gets sort of sorted out and those questions answered when an offer is on the table before you accept. Sure. Hey, let's talk more about your benefit package and PTO and 401k and things like that. Um, All right. You, you just want to be careful that that doesn't come off in the first interview as the only thing that's important to right. you. Right. Yeah. I personally, what, what I feel like I've had success with, or, or at least what I've been told that, you know, was a good way to approach it was, uh, you know, this whole time we've been trying to explain to each other, you know, why I'm the candidate for you and why, why you're the employer for me. And, you know, we've tried to cut through some of the BS by being realistic and talking about who I really am and, what I've found is, you know, if I just get real with the person real quick and say, hey, let's say this goes well and, and, and we, you know, you want to bring me on and take this to the next level, I need to understand for my personal financial life, you know, what this is going to, the position Absolutely. that this is going to put me in. Because at right. the end of the day, as you can understand, a budget's a real thing and I need to understand where that fits into it. Right. You right. know, I feel like that's a very realistic and reasonable sure. request. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good way to phrase it up. And the the other thing I would tell you is um, the interviewer could turn it around on you when you ask that salary range and they could say, well, what what's your expectation? And again, that I, go back to, <laughs> I, I go back to doing your homework right. and don't sell yourself short. Sure. Um, 
a range is always appropriate because you don't want to just throw a number out there and hope it was the right, right number. So give yourself a range, but between um, five and six figures is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a cop out. There. <laughs> sure. But but you want to know, right? right. Uh, and you've done your homework and you know what that job should pay and, and you know what you're worth. It's okay to discuss that. Um, sure. The last thing you want to do is be expecting a, a $60,000 a year job. And if they tell you it's a $40,000 a year job, then you, your, your question's probably answered, right? Right if it's going to be a good long-term fit for you. Sure. So. Yeah, and I think it's, it's again, really important for you to understand <clears throat> the position you're going to be in once you start that job. Because let's say it does sound like an amazing job and you're yeah. excited for it, but if it puts you in a position of some financial insecurity, you're probably not going to perform the way you want to at that job. Yeah, right? and I, I always look at it this way. If you accept the job even though you may love it there for less than what you need or what you're worth and you know that, mm -hmm. you're probably always going to kind of keep one eye on the job market, right? Sure. And, you know, a job search takes a long time and the last thing you want to be doing is accepting a job for less than what you feel like you should have and then right. still be kind of keeping your eye on the job market and looking for something better to come along because right. you feel like you're not being compensated fairly. So, <laughs> this is yeah. all sounding way too similar to dating. I'm telling you, <laughs> you're still keeping an eye on the job market. There you go. <laughs> you're not going to be committed to that, that main relationship. That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah, so I guess post-interview. Interview went well. You think everything went well. Um, or I guess let's go from, you know, the thank yous. You know, is there anything that you should make sure you get right before you leave that person? And then following up, what, what do you think that looks like? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, if you don't have their contact information prior to the interview, it's totally fine at the end of the interview to ask for it. Again, right. if you have your padfolio there or they may give you their business card or whatever, um, we recommend to, the, to our candidates that interview with our clients to send them just a thank you email. And sure. again, um, doesn't have to be anything long, you know, just address it and, hey, thanks for taking the time to meet with me today. I, I enjoyed our conversation and, and look forward to uh, learning more about this role in the company, something along those lines. Right. And, you know, maybe you send it within the 24 hours of, of when you have the interview so they know that you were thinking about them. Um, you may or may not get a response. Some of that these, was my next question. Yeah, yeah. Some of these people, um, you know, it's interesting. You, you got to kind of put yourself in their shoes. Um, you know, if they're an individual that's high up in the organization, they, they probably have a lot going on, right? right? So whether they respond to you or not, um, don't read too, too much into that, okay? Right. Um, it may be a situation where they just don't have time to respond. Maybe they're conducting other candidate interviews as well, and they'll respond when they really have it narrowed down to who they want to move forward with, um, et cetera. Right. But the key important thing is that you took the time to, sure. to you know, send an email and thank them for, for the interview. Is it going to make or break whether you get the job? Probably not, but it's sure not going to hurt anything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Great. Well, do you have you know any other tips or comments or any other things you want to talk about? Topics or stories or? Yeah, I think I think one of the the biggest things you want to look at is too many people don't use their network, and sometimes it can be hard. Um, I think 
you know, even before you get that interview, really do the research on the company you're going to interview with. Sure. Um, and make sure that what you learn about the company is attractive to you and that right. it's definitely a place that you would consider working if, if an offer did come up. I, I love the idea, Jack, like you and I talked about, of maybe doing a little bit of mock interviewing, especially sure. if you haven't been in the market for a long time and you're kind of rusty. Um, mm -hmm. You're probably not going to get the same questions answered, but at least you'll simulate what that looks like, okay? Uh, just be prepared. I, I can't uh, emphasize that enough. Well, along the lines of using your network and really doing the research, like you said, I think Glassdoor and those sites are great, and they give you a good, quick, very surface-level picture of it. Sure. But at the same time, I kind of liken it to Yelp. Yeah, yes. Yelp reviews, all right? So the only people I know of that review food on Yelp, I don't really care too much for, you know exactly. what I mean? So there may be some reviews, and typically the only people that do leave reviews are, you know, have negative experience. Exactly. So you have to keep that in mind. I think if you know people or reach out to people in your immediate network personally, see if anyone's worked there. Exactly. Right? Get a conversation with them. I've seen that. I've personally seen that to be more realistic. And, and then you can gauge that based off of how you know that person. Right? Yeah. I think it's good. And you're spot on on the review thing. Yeah. Um, we do get that from candidates from time to time. Right. Um, and you're right. They they typically write a review if they had a really great experience or a really bad experience. Right. And you have that whole group of people in between that, you know, had some sort of experience, but it's not necessarily bad. So, right. um, you know, do your homework, you know, um, right. before you go into the interview. So Well, and there's so many different variables at play as far as how much they enjoy their job, you know, their life, what's going on, the company, I mean, different experiences. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, there's a lot more to it than just a, either a good experience or a bad experience. Like you said, there's a lot of people in the middle there. One thing I do want to bring up that I, I didn't talk about, um, before you break away from that interview and maybe ask for their contact information, um, one thing I always encourage candidates to do is ask what the next step in the process sure. is. So many times candidates go out and interview and then they don't hear anything. And, you know, you naturally, human nature is like, yeah, they're not interested in right. me. I'm not hearing anything. And that doesn't necessarily mean that's the case. So if you can kind of get that person that interviewed you sort of a commitment, like, you know, we plan on making a decision for next steps within the next week, then right. at least you know that, gosh, two days have went by and I haven't heard anything. That, mm -hmm. That's okay. Um, so it's just a good question to ask so Absolutely. you have some kind of idea of, of what to expect. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, and I don't know if I've ever run into a situation where the next step is dependent upon something that I can do, but right. you want to know that in case it Absolutely. is and then you're sitting there waiting for an answer and there was something that, you know, you hung up on. Yeah. Um, but I guess I did have another question. At what point is it, if ever, uh, is humor something that you think is a good idea in an interview because I personally I'm not saying I'm funny because I'm sure a lot of people would tell me that I'm not but I rely on that to kind of break the ice so often so is it is there a certain point when that's okay or do you just have to kind of feel the room out yeah I think you got to read the person interviewing you yeah. um, everybody's going to be different some may be really <laughs> serious and yeah. buttoned up and if you try to inject some humor into that conversation mm -hmm. it may not go well but if you feel like there's somebody that would appreciate that right yeah it's okay um 
if you find some common ground with that person somehow, mm -hmm. um, that's always great to be able to talk about as kind of an icebreaker. Sure. So um, you can kind of, uh, you know, at least become a little bit more comfortable right. um, with who you're talking to that way. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I guess, do you have any final remarks, anything for anybody out there um, that you want to leave them with? No, I just, uh, it's, a, it's a big, big decision in your life. Yeah. So don't be afraid to do the homework. Don't be afraid to ask the questions because uh, if you do make that change, you want to you wanna really feel like you know right. what you're stepping into. Sure, and be yourself. Exactly, be genuine. Awesome. Well, thanks, Steve. All right, appreciate it. Man. Yeah, we'll see you. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.